Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. That was Ethel. <laughs> Ethel Merman's back. She's back. Hey, it's always Monday. I think I channel Ethel on Monday because I have all this excited energy to bring to the show. And then I get here and all I can do is a vibrato. <laughs> it's sad but true. Hey, here's the deal, folks. Uh, today we're talking creative thinking. Now, as you think out there... Would you consider yourself a creative thinker? I personally, super creative. My wife says obnoxiously so, constantly distracting her with my creativity. Not my manliness, not my masculinity. I distract her with my creativity. Now, what do you think that means, Michael Pond? I don't know, man. You're going to have to explain that yeah, to me. Yeah, how do you distract someone's do creativity? You... I don't know. I think it, she thinks I have ADD. <laughs> and she might be close. Um, but the reality is, is I just think differently than other people. You know, they, everyone else thinks incorrectly. And I think correctly. Do you think you've been influenced at all by other people to think this way? Actually, no. A tragic accident pretty much made my brain different. Oh, gosh. I was bit by a spider as a young child. Was and it, now was I have superhero creativity. Whoa, am I boring you? Right there. Holy cow, Maddie. I look over. Maddie's just yawning. Oh, gosh. Yawning. Uh, no, I know I'm not boring you. Are you creative, Maddie? I I can pretend to be creative. I can't color but or draw anything. You, you can't color or draw, but you're, you could pretend to be creative. But you're on our team. I think pretending to be creative is creative. Well, I think being I creative right, is, actually. A, is a lot more than being a good artist yeah. or, or drawing. Dancer. Or, yeah, there's a lot more to creative thinking than just being good at you know, drawing. Tell me this, because you're about to teach us about the Rorschach test, um, <laughs> which is very creative psychology, I think. But one of the things that uh, I found, I had this week, over the last five days, I have done five speeches. I'm kind of a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> oh, Not too bad. Way to be on that button. I was ready I, for it. I've done five speeches, but every speech was so different and my wife was with me on a few, and she looks at me like, can't you ever do the same thing twice? And you know what I found out? I can't. Why? Why is that? Because I think it bores me. It bores you? So I have to be creative. So I make something up. I make it up. Make it up as we go. That's why I love this show, because we make it up as we go. Everything we see on the show, none of it's factual. We just make it up. None of it's real. None of it's data-oriented. Well, you know, what I Make do the whole show is I'm in the, uh, the producer's booth going on Wikipedia and changing everything, yeah. you know, to make yeah. sure that to make we're, we're on facts. the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is amazing. Because, again, with my back turned to you, I didn't even know you were on the show for years. Yeah. It's, but apparently you've been there the full job. time. Fact checker. Here's the deal. Uh, so are you con- do you consider yourself creative, Mike? I think I'm pretty creative. I think you, you are, know, too. But, you know, I'm not a big deal like you, but... Well, you know, I mean, I'm not a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. Okay, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> I'm really not a big deal, but people just are really bored and they need really cheap, inexpensive speakers. <laughs> and that's me. Matt Townsend for hire. Because I'm creative. On the show today, we've got a full show. We've got the 
uh, the queen of doodling. Now, that's weird because a lot of you are like, well, what is doodling? But doodling is the thing you've done since you were a child when you just draw little pictures. We're going we're gonna to be talking with uh, a, a full-fledged expert and, um, named Sunny Brown. She's going to be joining us. She is trying to start the revolution of doodling, and she's got some incredible research backing it up that, you know what, uh, doodling is very helpful to people. We'll be talking to her throughout the show. Brooke Walker will be joining us a little bit later as well. She's going to you know, give us some creative ways to uh, create change in our lives. But uh, more importantly, I want to get to Michael Pond, who has been walking around the room here, the studio here, giving people a Rorschach test, and we're finding out a lot about how people think on this team. Talk about it. You know, the Rorschach test is really interesting. It's the inkblot test. You know, you see it in movies. It's probably one of the most, still today, one of the most widely uh, use tests by psychiatrists yeah. in the United States. Highly laughed at still. Yeah, but it's a great uh, preliminary test to do yeah. to figure out if somebody's got some issues well, thinking. I heard you were actually using the Rorschach test on your dates. I was, and uh, you know, I found out some interesting things. Did you? I did. Did you like? Did you like just get some spaghetti sauce and throw it on a plate, and then they have to say what it looks like? I think he was using it as a criteria for dates. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Talk about that. It's a great way to tell uh, personality characteristics. Give me an example. Are they ambitious? Yeah. Are they going to be good mothers, you know? If they're saying, (laughs) you know, things like, if I show them a picture and they're saying, you know, a dead dog (laughs) or, you know, a dead moose, I'm I'm getting a little nervous. Well, yeah. Or Um, that, yeah, that looks like a carcass that I got. Or if they say something like homemade apple pie. You know, German chocolate cake. That's a little better. A warm, cuddly blanket. Yeah. Well, I want to try some of these. So what you're saying is you're not interested in a huntress. Like, you you don't want somebody who can bring back meat for you, just just pies. Yeah, pies, you know, uh, bread, that's fine. What if she could gut a deer? No dead animals. It's funny. I did go out with a girl that was going home back to Florida, and she was telling me she was going to go hog hunting. Ooh, yeah. And I, and she, I said, that so what do you do to, to do that? And she says, oh, you just you, – you sick the, the dogs, dogs on them after. and then you just stab it with a knife. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was pretty – Wow. And you were like, oh, man, I'm, I'm actually not She'll into that. She'll get a second date, pies. but I don't know after that. I like bread. <laughs> yeah. I, do you know how to make bread? <laughs> did you ask her that? No, I just did the, the Rorschach test. That's good. She doesn't. Well, let's do the test because this is – I mean these are ink – these are ink blots. These are right. just – these aren't anything, but you've done it with some of the team here. Yeah, created by uh, Professor Rorschach in yeah. 1921, a Swiss psychiatrist. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's do a few, Matt, and okay. see uh, if you're creative, if yeah. you've got any mental problems. All right, this is good. Okay, so it's, By the way, which is very hard to do this on the radio. Yeah. Because so, no one can see what it yeah, is. Yeah, just keep in mind they're all just blobs. <laughs> but that is really, I, I can see, that's Cat in the Hat doing a pantomime. Against a mirror. It's two garden gnomes dancing. Two garden gnomes dancing. Is yeah. that the right answer? Um, I wasn't even close. You know yeah. what? But by the way, do you remember what Jess said that that is? What did you say? That's two, a fat person. Two fat people high fiving. Two fat people high fiving. Okay. By the way, you're going to hear a theme with Jess. <laughs> okay. Let's do the next one. That was on my shoe, <laughs> and that was a mosquito. That was a big. That was a grasshopper that I stepped on. Looks like a beaver pelt. Okay, next next uh, ink blot. Oh wow, that kind of funky. Is a leaf on my shoe. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a theme for you too. By the way, what did, hey Jess, just real fast, what did that look like to you? 
These are just... I, I said it was a fat man on a stake. Okay. <laughs> I hear a theme. Somebody's got... Okay. That is, that's a waiter. Um, again, in a mirror. <laughs> Everything's in a mirror on an ink blot test. Okay, we got two more. Okay. Mm, that is a skeleton. Matt, these, this is pretty morbid. I'm a little On my concerned. foot, under my boot. And that's a pumpkin. Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. What did you think that was, Jess? Um, I actually said that was a fox. Not fat. Just a fox. And the one before that one was Obama. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Also not fat, but just... I, I, think the I best saw thing, a skull. I think the best thing about these tests is how, Mike, you administer them. You hold up the picture, and they say a response, and then you just kind of look, look flabbergasted. Like, not look even at the close. Picture. Yeah, Try it again. Back. <laughs> like, what? Did see, you see? But this is the weird thing about, uh, because it's very subjective, right? So some right. of our minds will be more creative than others. Exactly. And some will always just go back to your weight. You know, and if you see a pattern, this is a good way to see if uh, someone is trying to, to hide something, if there's something they don't want to talk about, yeah. uh, something that's on their mind. They bring it out. Or if they're creative. Well, what do you think mine means if everything is under my foot? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. back to the I'm kind of a big deal thing. Maybe yeah. everything's beneath you, underneath oh, your feet. Man. You're standing on You want to crush of... the things that yeah. oppose you. Maybe it's because I'm fat, according to Jess. <laughs> and could I be, crush her. Could very well be. Rorschach, you know, is he still alive? No, he's been dead for a long time. See, so this didn't help him much, did it? <laughs> Actually, it did. He won several awards. Did he? And uh, was very successful because of his test. But it wasn't used much until after he was dead. Well, and until you started using it in the dating world. Exactly. And I totally recommend it. Next time you go on a date, take the 10 most common Rorschach cards. It'll, yeah. it'll change your life, change your dating life. Wow. It's Maybe really... you ought to make an app. Yeah, I should make it <laughs> a dating app. App what? that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's um Look that's for that scary. coming out uh, on the App Store. Maddie? I have a question. Are there right answers? No. Yes, this yes is, there are. There are no right answers to this test. That is not Obama. So you're just supposed to see the picture and determine what the person is Look at that. feeling, thinking based on mm-hmm. what they see. What do you yeah, see yeah. right there? What do you see right there? I see Dumbo, the flying elephant. Those are his ears. Okay. okay, see, that's wrong. We've got a problem. Not even close on that one. Let's give you this one. This is the one that I thought was a leaf. I think it looks like a dragon. Strike two. Let's try one more. Let's see what you can do with cat in the hat. That's not cat in the hat. Okay, see, you are not doing well psychologically. <laughs> Remember, I am the doctor, and you don't know your ink blots. Three strikes, Mike, you're no, out. Mike has been acting like the doctor today, so I think it's yeah. Dr. Mike today. Dr. Pond. Right. Well, let's just get real clear. Uh, there's one doctor in the room. Two, sorry. I just had to say that. There's two doctors. Uh, there's one real doctor <laughs> that has a real degree. And then there's Mr. Passion that got his on the internet. PhD in Passion, can't deny that. What was the university? Oh, the University of... Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, that's a good one. It sounded French. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was, it's really prestigious. What's that from? Yeah, that was from Toronto. Where was that from? <laughs> Montreal. Montreal. You know, just it's really prestigious. I mean, I, I, even mentioning it. Just say it again. I just love to hear it again because it sounds different than the first time you said it. It. It's... Yeah, you don't have a university, do you? Hey, hey, the University of Life. Okay. Yep. Never heard of them. Okay. Um, <laughs> see, by the way, I want you to just notice how creative you're all being. So if the show's on creative thinking, you're doing great. Yeah. If the show's on, hey, where should we get a degree? 
He's in left field. Not so hot. <laughs> Not so hot. <laughs> Mike, are you, are, you are the doctor of love, and you're trying to find creative ways to find love. We gave you 220 leads for love. Did you ink blot any of them? I did. I did on, on Saturday. How'd that I go? Um, so what happened was she was one of the girls that, that signed up, and I called her, my bad, 45 minutes before a wedding reception. Hey, you've never met me. Do you want to go? Really? She said yes. Wow. Let me put on a dress. She Picked loves her wedding receptions. Yeah, well, there's free food. Mm-hmm. I, I don't blame her. Yeah. Um, we introduced ourselves to a lot of people we didn't know. It was fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then- When did you kill the the uh, boar? The boar? When did you stick the, what do they call them? A boar? The well, hog. The hog. Yeah. yeah. When did you there's get the a hog? boar and then a sow, okay. a female. Oh. No, I'm not into pig. my pigs. That's good yeah. though. You need to... Did you ever go stick a pig? No, no. Okay. There, she That's just later. showed me uh-huh. pictures on her phone, and it was so funny because she's with these people that look like they're out of Duck Dynasty, and she's this cute little blonde yeah. girl with a knife in her hand, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, You're what dead. am I doing? Yeah. yeah. Game over. Well, that's creative. Is there going to be a second date? Yeah, there probably will be. Did she carry the knife in her mouth? She told me she had a knife in her purse. That was scary. And I said, so how big is it? Could you get through airport security? She said, no. Wow. So, She sounds hot. Matt, what are you doing to me? I don't know. But it seems messed up. <laughs> if I die, you're responsible. Yeah. My mom is going to come after you. At least you. we know. Now we yeah. know. It's going to be the it's going to be you the hog think lady. Cre- of creative ways to escape. No, you're finding ways to you're to finding date. great ways to find women and to date and very creative. Creative thinking is the topic today, folks. We are going to get very creative on you. Right after this block, Sonny Brown will be joining us, author of the book, The Doodle Revolution. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking about creative thinking. Remember, on the show, we try to give you the tools that uh, you might not get everywhere else to, to create a healthier, happier life. One of the greatest tools I consider that saves my hide in my arsenal of life is creative thinking. I'm a fairly creative guy, I think. Um, I think out of the box usually. Again, it annoys a lot of people. It annoys a lot of uh, people that think I'm just being obnoxious. But um, creativity is a pretty big deal, especially in a day and age when, you know what, there's so much going on, there's so much change going on. And if we could sit there and improve our creative, uh, our creative mindset and our ability to get to creative uh, answers and solutions, it's got to be, I think, a good thing. For everyone. Our guest today is Sunny Brown. She is the Info Doodler in Chief. Info Doodler in Chief. It's not a very common uh, member of the C, um, what do they call them? The C suites. You, usually you'll hear a CEO, a CFO, a chief marketing officer. But nope, Sunny Brown is the Info Doodler in Chief. 
She was named one of the 100 most creative people in business and one of the 10 most creative people on Twitter by Fast Company. She's the founder of a creative consultancy. Uh, she's an international speaker and co-author of Game Storming. She's also the leader of the global campaign for visual literacy called the Doodle Revolution. Her TED Talk on doodling has drawn more than 1 million views on TED.com. She lives in... Um, in Keep Austin Weird, Texas. Uh, Sunny Brown, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. God, hearing my bio, I'm like, I need to take a nap. You know what? You need a nap because it's huge. And Keep Austin Weird, Texas? I've never heard of that. Oh, really? That's what, that's what we call ourselves. We really? affectionately call ourselves. Affectionately like, Keep uh, Austin Weird. Yeah, have you ever been to Austin? I have. I love Austin. Oh, very cool. Do you come for the music or for no, the... No, I usually come to work. To speak, oh, sadly. But you know what? But I love kind of the hills, and I also love the music. I mean, the music at night, unbelievable town. Yes, it's not too shabby. So not we, too shabby. We, we and not too weird, really. Utah was yeah. just, I'm from Utah, and Utah was just named the nerd capital of the world. You're kidding, by no. who? By, um, I think, all the gamers that are in uh, like Comic-Con and all of that. We, yeah. in almost every category, we are nerd central. I actually love nerds. I have a special place in my heart for nerds, so <laughs> you a, that, I would be in good company. Yeah, you totally would. Now, talk about this doodle revolution. Uh, the, the, by the way, everybody, you can go find her book, Sunny Brown, S-U-N-N-I, brown.com, yeah. sunnybrown.com. Talk yeah. about doodling. Of all things to build your life around, Sunny, <laughs> doodling. Okay, so uh, my life is fuller than this. Okay, good. But, just for clarification. Yeah, let's go. But no matter but what yes, you're doing, I you're do still doodling. Put, right. I do put a lot of uh, professional energy on a topic that is seemingly, um, it's, it's actually very misunderstood and seemingly trivial. But I got really passionate about it because um, I've been teaching visual language around the world and visual thinking. And um, I noticed there was a big discrepancy between what people know and what they're capable of. And mm. so I'm, I'm a fan of sort of unleashing people's potential and doodling is a universal behavior that has a lot of potential. It's universal. So doodling, give us your definition of doodling. Okay, sure. The, and I don't know if you've seen my TED Talk, but there is a... I yeah, I have. The, the whole definition that's so... It's perfect. Yeah, right, because there's a historical um, take on it. Exactly. And then there's a redefinition, which right. is part of what the revolution is about. Um, but I now define it, and of course, you know I want to know if you're a doodler. Yeah. That's going to come up at some point. But... Uh, I define it as making spontaneous marks in parentheses with your mind or your body in order to help yourself think. Hmm. Um, and I think that's actually a more accurate. Having studied doodlers and doodling in, in cultures around the world, I think that's more accurately what's happening for people. But you, you know, it's amazing. When I sit, because I sit, I spend about four hours a day with clients coaching them uh-huh. and, and helping them create change in their life and in their relationships. Oh, very Every cool. time I put a piece of paper on the table between us, yeah. And I we draw. And I draw. I don't like draw pictures because I'm not a great artist, I feel Me like. Either. But I, I write. I'll write words. I'll draw models. I'll, but I'm constantly writing. And uh-huh. I, what I loved about your TED Talk is it does open up my mind. It, it, yes. it almost it facilitates. It enables me to, to, to get my ideas out. Uh-huh. Can I ask you, did you always do that, or did you, when you started working with people, did that kind of emerge? Um, that's interesting. Only, yeah, when I, started, when I started working kind of one-on-one with people, 
Uh-huh. I, I needed I felt like I did that more. I, I guess I've always doodled though. I've always had a notepad. So when I was on a plane, I'd always draw, I carry a book around with me and I, I'm always so I'm always writing, but mine always th- I thought it was more like a journal and I was writing using mm-hmm. words, not images, you know. And then when you are in context with another person, you found that in order to explain things, you needed some visual yeah. language. Yeah, it facilitated. Yeah, because then I could, you know, I could, I could reinforce by putting a star next to it or a, right. a circle it or a line. Yeah. Yeah, you could emphasize things with it. Yeah, and I think that that's an interesting. Just to take one aspect of doodling, I think that when you're in context with another person, you know, goals aside, like it sounds like you're having a conversation where you're helping them with some kind of goal. Right. But even goals aside, if you're in communication with another person, allowing some capacity for visualization is huge because it allows you to see the same thing, even if it's just temporary. And even if it's not, you don't have the same model, at least you can show them the model in your mind that you do have so that they can say, oh, that is my model or that's not my model. Oh, interesting. So should I be doodling for them or should I just facilitate their own doodling? Uh, it, it depends. I do both of those because I, you know, we have a lot of clients and we have a lot. Of, we solve a lot of different problems. Yeah. And 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 we also train people to do what we call info doodling and a group info doodling. So there's there's all these layers, yeah. which is why, like you were saying, you're like I've never heard of a C level in, info doodler. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. But I love I that. Made up the title. Yeah. Move <laughs> again. That's creative, and you're willing right. to think well, out I of think, the box. I know. Uh, Google has a chief doodler named Ryan Germick, and he's my friend. And so I was like, well, there's a chief doodler so i'll just be chief info doodler that that's great legit. that's great uh, yeah but no i mean it just it just depends on the context like sometimes if you're if you're encouraging one of your um i don't know if you call them clients but if you're yeah. encouraging one of your people to uh, sort through something then you might ask them to create a visual so that they can help um, mm. clarify something for themselves but if you're trying to express and educate them on something then you can create the visual and, and like kind of iterate it with them so right. it's very specific on what you're trying to do but this is about visual language and, and you i guess that was kind of your whole crux of your position was people just don't have enough visual tools right to facilitate their thinking oh my god i mean it's it's astonishing when you think about it because humans are natively visual thinkers right. and we're also spatial thinkers so it's 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 strange and um almost devastating in terms of the cognitive capacity that we have when you sh- sort of shortchange people and say okay you must express yourself only using linguistic um mm-hmm. skills i mean it's like what yeah it make, that's right it, it makes no sense and um and that's what i noticed when i was teaching you know because I, I didn't i didn't like when i was a kid i wasn't like oh my dream is to be a professional doodler <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, you knew you had something in in you. Yeah, you were the best doodler in the class. (laughs) Right, and so like, I mean, and I and I too, like most people, had a um, a dearth, if you will, of of the capacity for that, and so that's why I can relate and respect where people are coming from because I wasn't trained um, as a visual thinker until I, you know, got involved in the field, but. but I noticed that there's a just a gap. It's everywhere. It's mm-hmm. not just like, oh, you know, it's it's only in America. It's like in India, it's in Italy, it's in France, it's in Bavaria. It's every it's culture doodles. Yeah. Does exactly. it really? That's fantastic. I mean that's fascinating, don't you think? Everywhere. Yes, yes, it's everywhere. And so the potential is huge. And that's and just to to speak to a different aspect of it, I get a, a ton of emails from teachers and parents who uh talk about how their children don't uh, learn traditionally. And by traditionally, they mean linguistically and um, sort of numerically. It's mm-hmm. not the way that they navigate. Right. 
And so even, even that aspect alone, just talking about child development and kids learning, it's uh, also challenging when you don't allow kids the full range of what helps them understand something. Yeah. So there's a lot of consequences. You know? Well, I, just as you're talking, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, verbally when we're talking to somebody, we get to see their facial expression, they move their hands, they have all of these other ways to communicate uh-huh. that are visual. Right, but, that's true. And, and so what I guess you're saying is when it comes to just kind of in a writing format or in a, I guess in, in an interaction, another thing to keep in mind is there's always other ways to use, I guess. To understand. Yeah, to understand. And doodling, yeah. I've even seen it as a speaker doing a, you know, not even a PowerPoint, but um, I mean, by the way, is a PowerPoint considered a doodle? Uh that is an excellent question. I think it depends on the PowerPoint. I mean, most of the time when it's um, sort of extremely Set. meticulously, consciously designed, yeah. then I think of it as outside of the realm of the spontaneity of doodling. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because I have a very broad, I have a very expansive definition, and I actually include uh, physical movements, and I also include the playing of musical instruments. Really? Um, yes, and I also have, in my conversations with, you know, random doodlers all over the world, they, um, there's a guy who was like, oh, I do what's called mustache doodling, meaning that he twists and sort of folds <laughs> and, you know, like, like he, he noodles with his mustache yeah. in order yeah. to process information. He noodle doodles. So, right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I know, and I had a kid the other day at a book signing. He was like, he was like, my teacher and I, we call it noodling, where you uh, kind of meander, or, like you have essentially you have unstructured time yeah. in which you can think through something. He goes, we call that noodling, and he was like, could you call that doodling? And I was like, yes, yes, like, absolutely. Call it, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, powerful. So I have a very expansive definition of it. Which, um, so if someone is doing a PowerPoint presentation. And in order to generate some of the content, they allow themselves a fuller range of thinking that may include uh, skipping to my loo. Yeah. Then, then, then I consider that That's a form a, you, of doodling there you for, go. Cognitive, you know, for cognitive performance. Yeah. We're talking with Sonny Brown. Um, again, the, uh, the, the doodler-in-chief at, in her organization. Again, she's, she's trying to create a revolution, actually revitalize a revolution of doodling. When we come back, I want to find out if doodling at work, is that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think I know Sonny's take on this. We'll take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Today, we're talking about creative thinking, and we've got uh, world-renowned info-doodler-in-chief, Sonny Brown, is joining us, who is the author um, of of a, a, a book that's already out, but a new book. The, the book that she's put out is called The Doodle Revolution. She also is working on another book that's coming out um, fairly uh, quickly. Uh, what's the new book called, Sonny? Uh, the last book was The Doodle Revolution. That just came out four months ago, right. so I really hope I'm not putting out another oh, book. Oh, I thought you were working on a new... <laughs> I uh, am, but it's a secret. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. It's really... <laughs> 
going to be fantastic. But here's the deal. I go into corporate America, do a lot of like what we call future searches where we have them brainstorm and like look at their past and their present and their future. And they're trying to do all this brainstorming work. And then as I as I sit there and look at your performance info doodling work, I sit there and I think visually we might we, we try to get them all creative and energized. And then visually we might be portraying the information in a way that is so boring and sterile Mm -hmm. that it actually saps our creativity. So Mm -hmm. it seems like part of what you're trying to do is teach people that how you visually portray something can actually enhance or, I guess, negate Mm -hmm. what you're trying to do. Definitely. I mean, we do a lot of work with groups, and we actually have people who take themselves pretty seriously normally, Doing surprisingly rudimentary drawings, and we call it info doodling, group info doodling. Yeah, and um, and yeah, the the uh, the phenomenon that happens when you invite adults, and of course this works with children because they're amazing. Right. But uh, but when you have adults who are in a setting that normally doesn't accommodate that kind of um, that kind of experience, it's it's uh, the energy level is incredible. The um, engagement is very high. The ability to understand and express is really high. I mean, everything that you want to go up goes up. Yeah. You know, um, but it, so I'm, I'm interested because we should maybe talk offline about how you're doing it now. Cause yeah. I, I might could help you. Well, I'm sure you could. I mean, you've worked with some big companies and one of the things I, I also kind of feel like is in corporate America, like people that are just wasting time sitting around doodling, they're not usually held up as like the key, right? They're, hey, these guys are incredible. People don't really aspire to be no, those guys. But there's something powerful about being an effective. It's just another form of communication. Yeah, and of, of processing. I mean, that's the thing is that people, um, when they're, you know, in a corporate setting, you do find yourself in meetings an unfortunate amount of the time in yeah. most organizational cultures. And what happens when people sit still and listen to someone talk? I mean, you tell oh, me. Sleepy. Right, night, yeah. night, or they start daydreaming, or they yeah. start planning, you know, their their exit strategy or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like. Someone's got to call me right now. I got to get out of here. <laughs> Please, someone give me a reason. <laughs> yeah, and so so naturally, and you know, and I'm always looking at it from a brain perspective and from the perspective of a learner and a a whole human being. So if you sit a whole human being who is visually oriented by nature, spatially oriented by nature, physically active by nature and i don't mean like a marathon runner i just right. mean we're, we're capable of movement and we need to move in order to think and then you just plop them in a boardroom and then drone on with a deck a powerpoint yeah. deck i mean you're gonna lose them and yep. so of course you see people doodling in that environment and they should be applauded for that because they're doing one of the best things they can do in that space to keep themselves present but, it, it, of course, from the outside, they look like, you know, maniacs or whatever. Well, yeah, but it also just – it seems like it's driving the it, it's driving at home. It's driving the yeah. lesson a little bit deeper. I know that's what it does for me. You don't have to be a, a great artist to doodle either, right? No. In fact, I'm not a great artist. And, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, almost a decade, uh, studying, you know, visual language. So I've gotten better. But when I first started, uh, artist for me was actually a little bit of a four-letter word. Like I didn't have a <laughs> – I didn't grow up with any, um, what, what's the word like? I didn't admire artists, which yeah. I know that is. Yeah, they great. weren't like your role models. They weren't no, these people like you were aspiring all, to be. Exactly. We were like blue collar, you know, mechanics and, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was just not in my cultural understanding. And so 
uh, even now, sometimes when people refer to me as that, I'm always like, well, I don't identify with it, but thank you. Uh-huh. Um, but no, because the point of it, in, in fact, I differentiate doodling and info doodling from art very intentionally because I don't want people to think that they need to be talented in order to pursue the use of visual thinking. Mm-hmm. You know? Have um, you? A, what's yeah. your take on uh, the YouTube sensation RSA Animate? Oh, I love those guys. Love those guys. So those I that mean, don't know, maybe explain what they do. It's fantastic. Oh, sure, yeah. And this is, this is a few years now, but they're still going strong, which I loved it partly because it, it proved some points that I've been making for a long time. Um, but essentially what they do is they take voiceovers yeah. and they, they do illustrated drawings, black, usually black and white, but they've gotten a little more sophisticated. But they started out really rudimentary black and white on a whiteboard, and they would just do live whiteboard drawing of the content as it was happening. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it went bananas, mm-hmm. and everybody loved it. And, I, and it, you know, it's like, I mean, if they, have, they have pretty good illustrators, you know, but even if you do that with stick figures and, like, uh-huh. crazy little, like, really simple faces, people cannot look away. No, right. They're fascinated. It's too interesting. Yes, it's too interesting to watch it unfold. And that's also true for um, non-beautiful art, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. again, it, you're, you're all of a sudden, you're taking the same concept. I could be a talking head to you, or I could start making it visually more interesting, or bring in yeah. a tambourine <laughs> and start sh- shaking a tambourine. <laughs> And, and, and all of a sudden, I mean, I guess they, they always say that, you know, the average attention span is like 24 seconds. Correct. I don't know. I don't know if that's still the case. It seems yeah, like my kids don't have that. But, I know. And, it, you know, and it is getting shorter. I in my, you know, non-professional opinion, like I don't think that uh, I think that the fact that doodling aids in concentration is a huge sell oh, yeah. for it. And it does. I mean, there's no question about it that when people when you allow people this works for three year olds and it works for 55 year olds. But if you give somebody a marker and a piece of paper and you just ask them to, to just, like, kind of let loose a line mm-hmm. on a page, yeah. you'll, you'll find them, if you watch them, they will physically relax. Like, their nervous system will actually slow down, yeah. and their breathing will slow down, and their focus will heighten. And it, you can see it. I mean, you can actually see it. And, of course, they report that after, you know, after they experience it. And in modern society, that's kind of a rare commodity. Oh man! Focus absolutely. I mean, you you can see it too, just in your own children, that it's a natural thing. That's mm-hmm. that's naturally where they go, and you know they they're going to start instead of immediately just looking in your eyes and nodding off. They're if you gave them a crayon and a piece of paper, that little toddler is going to start writing even while you're talking to him right get- yeah and and there and the thing is they'll retain more it's i don't know if you've read that study it's one of the most cited studies by a dr andrade i don't know if i pronounce her name right andrade but uh it's about the retention rate of doodlers it's about it's almost 30 percent higher is it than, really yeah is it really 30 yeah. percent higher i have you know i it's i have never heard that but and I guess you're tying that to the fact that you're you're tying more information down to multiple channels of of yeah. learning. That's right. Visual, more, spatial, more, auditory. And yeah, reading and yes, that's right. Good for you. Yes, that's true because you have you're essentially accommodating multiple layers of your um, your cognitive and your physiological capacity. Right. So it's, to me, it's not surprising that people retain more because they're more present. You know? <laughs> that's, oh, that's it. And you by know? the way, just for everyone out there in listener land, Sunny Brown is, the, is our guest today. She's the author of the book, The Doodle Revolution. But what we're, go to her website, Sunny, S-U-N-N-I, brown.com, and get, uh, get a copy of the book, The Doodle Revolution. She's teaching us the power of using, I guess, multiple sensory inputs 
to increase retention and increase our focus. And you're you're calling it doodling. Is would you consider taking notes mm-hmm. typical doodling? It depends on what kind of notes you're taking, but yeah, I mean, even if I actually doodling, a lot of times people think that it has to be associated with a only visual language, right? And I, I allow right. for yeah. it's really what I call the integration of, of visual information and linguistic information. Mm-hmm. That's what I define as info doodling. Um, but yeah, I mean, so if somebody is taking notes and they're spontaneously creating information so that their own mind can understand it and retain it, and and a lot of times get insights from it. Then yeah, then then that that style of note taking would be considered doodling. Yeah. Is it is it problematic if like let's say I retain more if I shake a tambourine about every ten seconds? <laughs> I mean, are you a big tambourine player? Yeah, I am. I, I am not. Awesome. I'm about to be. I, nobody knows oh, about it. I just do it at home. Well, but you should do it anywhere you want. I should. Uh, I should. <laughs> but that would be info doodling if it helps me kind of integrate the information of life. I mean, what's so fascinating, yeah. we have all these tools. We have all of this information and technology at our fingertips. Yeah. And so why not get good at finding better ways to process and to store and to remember and retain? Right. Exactly. And, that, and that's the whole thing is there's there's two things that makes me think of when you say that. One is that there's a... Um, a sort of prejudice, it's kind of an antiquated prejudice against um, forms of learning that are, quote, non-traditional. Oh, yeah. Which is, in this day and age, it's just, there's no, absolutely no excuse for that. It's crazy. It makes no sense. There's right. no evidence to support that being okay. I mean, just, yeah. But it's just, it's just a holdover from an industrial educational system, um, which is nutty. And <laughs> then the other point was, the Fast Company just wrote an article. I loved it. I was like, yes! Um, about it was like want to you know want to understand information better take notes by hand instead of typing them on your laptop. Oh really? I was like hello. Yeah. You know. Oh see, I was so proud of myself taking notes on a laptop, but by hand it's more personal, isn't it? It's more yeah, I guess. It's more everything. It's more physical. It's more visual. It's more integrative. Yeah. So like because they were saying that when you when you are typing. You actually have the capacity to keep pace with a speaker if you're a pretty decent yeah. typist. Well, yeah, and some so are. because yeah. of that, you don't have to listen. You don't have to distill. You don't have to synthesize. You just are mirroring what yeah. they're saying. So you're not really there. Well, yeah, know? really. Just go buy the tape. Just go, <laughs> right? you don't, go buy right. their book. You don't need to write it all down. But, right. But the exactly. notes, yeah, my personal notes. That's why I love reading someone's book because I'm going to doodle all over the book. Yeah, and I'm going to put all my marks in there the way I think and the way I work. Do I own it now. you have a copy of the book? I don't have a copy of your book. Oh, I should send you one because it's it's designed to be drawn in. Of oh, course. my heavens. Will you send me one? Oh, totally. And then, yes. And, then, and we'll get it. We'll, we'll get you the information. I know, I'm sorry I didn't. Well, you know what? I think it's because we wanted you so bad we just tracked you down and you were probably <laughs> on the beach doodling. You'll find me doodling with a stick in the sand. That's it. Well, yeah, you're, do- you're doodling everywhere. We're going to take a break. We're, we're going to continue this discussion with Sunny Brown. Again, she's, she's teaching us something that I think in the end, it applies everywhere in your life. The Doodle Revolution is the name of her book. She is the info doodler in chief. And when we come back, more from Sunny Brown. Go check out her website, sunnybrown.com. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we're talking to the Info Doodler-in-Chief, 
Sunny Brown is joining us from SunnyBrown.com, and she's the author of the book, The Doodle Revolution. She's teaching us the power of visual language and how, you know, maybe taking a few more notes, maybe doodling as you're sitting in your next meeting might increase your retention, maybe at least lower your heart rate and uh, hopefully keep you paying more attention to the game. Sunny, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you, Matt Townsend. Good to have you, really, (laughs) and go doodle that. You know, one of the things that my wife, uh, now would you consider this doodling? Because it's, it's technologically based. She likes to make memes, quotes, thoughts. So she'll sit there listening to somebody and she'll take like a quote that they say and she'll then put it together on an app on her iPhone and make a meme. And it literally, I think, helps her remember the quotes. All these quotes she's memed and been yeah. creatively putting together, she remembers. I would love to see those. They just go to my Facebook page. And what's amazing, uh, go to Matt Townsend on Facebook. I don't know how you okay. find Just find me on Facebook. <laughs> and um, But what's fascinating, I think, about it is she may not remember what I said today, mm-hmm. but she'll remember the meme. Yeah. And she'll remember that input. Right. And, and, you know, when she's going through that process, because it's not that I think that technology doesn't support doodling or thinking. I mean, that would be crazy. Yeah, there's tools, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so it's more about the process. And so if I could see her process, that would be really cool. But um, my guess is that her sort of um, futzing and like rearranging and and, uh, visualizing or whatever it is that she does with that content is is making it uh, with her yeah no exactly and, that's part of, and so you know if there's if there's you know there's like i always link it to a little bit of spontaneity like there has to be an organic process to a certain extent right um but yeah so i mean i you know i think that if she is using that to to better understand and to relate it and to put it into her body of knowledge then i would consider that doodling an act of doodling now help us do this now we've got about 10 ish minutes tell us how we can become better doodlers so, oh, thanks for asking, because it's like you've got to start somewhere. Yeah. And, I, and I tell, you know, because we do train people all over the place, and you'd be surprised who can pick it up and how many people can pick oh, it I up. Oh, I bet, I bet. You know, because it, it is a native language. Visual language is a native language. But when, I, but when I teach people, I usually tell them that just like any other language, you have to allow yourself time. You can't just say, oh, overnight I want to be. That would be like me trying to play piano in a day. Right, you know? right. So you so kind of respect it as a language, and then the first thing you do when you learn a language is that you learn the alphabet. And so there is a visual alphabet, and it has 12. When, when you get your book, you'll find yes. it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm like, God, you should totally have one. That's all but right. It, it's uh, just 12 forms, and it's, uh, you know, dot, line, arc, angle, and so forth. And I teach people that first because those are the building blocks that you would use to create more elaborate visual displays. Huh. Yeah. And it's, I mean, anyone can do it. I mean, I always tell people there's, there is not a person, you, I could not find a person on earth who cannot recreate this. I mean, know, if like it's starting with just 12 symbols, I mean, you're halfway there. That's, right, exactly. I mean, and it, so it, then it's just a matter of experimentation and, and sort of embedding it into your life the way that is meaningful for you, mm. you know. Um, but, the, but the alphabet is really just a way to show that you have these building blocks and you can create any noun or concept or object that you need to in order to express something or explain something. And then after that, there's something that are called the 12 devices that are just more uh, sort of higher functioning aspects of the info doodle. Yeah. But, but those are real easy, basic things to pick up. And those are online, too. If you Google Visual Alphabet with my name, I'm sure you'll find a slide of it. Is, is this like mind mapping? Uh, mind mapping is a form of info doodling. So I do love – I was just – Tony Buzan, I just retweeted something that he 
um, he said, but he's a, he's the original, you know, mind mapper. Okay, yeah. Or it, you know, um, and so when when I refer to info doodling, there's sort of like there's a lot of different what I call visual architectures, meaning they're like skeletal structures that yeah. show models and processes and systems. And so a mind map is like one form. To me, it's one form of a system um, okay. or a yeah. So, so the info doodle is a lot broader, and, and a mind map is a subcategory, I would say, of an info doodle. You know what else? I think you're totally onto something because you now see all of these info. I don't know what the media calls like the info infographic graphics, where uh-huh. where they'll take they'll break down some really complicated study and make it a very visually mm-hmm. interesting. That they're they're really, I guess understanding that people need to have the visual language involved. Yeah, and it, that's how it sticks. You know, I, I will never forget the first time I saw... I, I was a, actually have a master's in policy, which is, has nothing to do yeah, with... Yeah, weird. That I, do. I know. <laughs> well, you probably did a lot <laughs> like, of doodling in that thing. Well, that was actually the first time that I started getting frustrated with the, the lack of, of educational institutions to have a way to visually express something. Because so, they would be talking about really elaborate political systems... And just talking about it. And I would be like, can you draw me a map of this city? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's what does that look like? Can you show me? Exactly. Right. Like, where? Exactly. And so the first time I ever saw, uh, it, was, and it was not beautiful at all, and I'll never forget it, but it was just about um, genetically modified foods and seeds and the whole system of distribution of that. And so once I saw it in a visual mm-hmm. format, I was like, it, it, I mean, it really then it could be absorbed. It's like, whoa. And I'm not, that's not like I'm a freak and I can't you no. know, read language. It's like, that's true for everyone. Well, but, I mean, think of that. At halftime, the coach takes a knee, the team gathers around, he pulls out a whiteboard mm-hmm. and draws the play. I know. And, exactly. so, and, and everyone gets it and there's not a lot of talk. Right. <laughs> it's just. Exactly. I swear, that's some of my favorite scenes in movies is when they're doing that in a locker room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, see? This is what I'm talking about. But, yeah, I think there's a, that's another, you know, when you go from, because there's, you know, there's the um, sophisticated forms of doodling, and then there's just, like, really simplistic forms. But the value of a, of a sophisticated info doodle or an infographic is obviously that it can demystify concepts mm-hmm. that have impacts on people's lives but that we cannot understand because we can't see it. They, you know? they need to go check out your website, Sonny. I'm on it. I'm I'm underneath oh, nice. your revolutionaries te- toolkit but there's some great articles in there about mm-hmm. just how you'll visualize visualize persuasion and mm-hmm. anyway there's be there's so much there to learn i i yeah. look at people this morning i spoke to 250 youth at 6:30 in the morning okay. in in a church setting kind of they were all there for a seminary kind of meeting and I'm thinking, man, and they're all in their cute little suits and ties. And I'm thinking, they got to listen to me for 40 minutes, 45 minutes. And so I, I noticed today more than ever at 630, I was trying to be all visual for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how great would it have been if I just if I could do this, if I could somehow communicate more effectively visually on a chalkboard, on a whiteboard while I'm teaching something. So it's not just want, want, want. Right, and you know what's strange is that if you, even if you use a slide deck, if there's nothing wrong with a slide deck. It's right. just like a, it's just a storyboard. It's right. just a sequence of stories. Um, and you can draw stick figures in your slide deck and advance the slides, and it tells a story that they will recall yep. weeks, if not months later, much more effectively than if you have some like really deep statistical knowledge or some spreadsheet. You know, it's like, and so it does, you can. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my way of saying you can. 
and uh, and you 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 already have the tools to do it. You know, it's almost like yeah. the old school though would say, "No, you're just distracting them. Keep them focused <laughs> on your long." Uh, tirade or your long diatribe because kids love that it's so crazy you know speaking of um sort of the religious aspect of it i was reading i was i don't remember who i was talking to yesterday but they were describing how you know the early church i'm talking about like early early church when people weren't literate the large majority of people were not literate. that's true you'd be using imagery wouldn't you yes of course you would use icons and iconography and you know and i just was in in paris and we were looking at the the 12 sort of every, you know, every church that you go to in, yeah. in most countries, if they're old, have, you know, these visuals sort of, uh, yeah. I would call them storyboards, right. you know, right. and, and they're on the walls and like, that's how they used to do it. And so it's really fascinating that, um, that for whatever reason, when people became literate, they dropped the visuals and kept the language yeah. as opposed to keeping them both. Yeah. Why um, not have, so that's with, what, that's the revolution right there. Exactly. You're bringing exactly it back, right. bring the visuals back. Because they have a lot to offer, yep. and because they're native to us, you don't know? you think that we should we should have our kids writing on the walls now? Oh my God, my in their house, is smooth and white and ready to go. Oh man, you'd be <laughs> the best mom. <laughs> I know that's part of my my two year plan. Is it get yeah. <laughs> once get get those walls all white and then give every all the kids little markers? I bet you your house. How cool would that be <laughs> to see Sunny's house going back to like. You know, early days. I my mom, she actually did let me paint my walls. I, it was a solar yellow, so it was wow, wildly. I know. I, did now you ever write on the like, walls? Oh yeah, and I and I forgot that she let me do that. And I remember, I don't know why she let me do that, but I think I just asked her, and she was like, "Oh, we can just paint over it." And so my friends wow. and I created all kinds of great stuff. And at the time, it, that never even occurred no. to me that that would show up in my life later as a career. But there you, you go. Know? There's the birth of an info doodler. <laughs> An info dealer in chief. <laughs> in chief. It really, she, she saw something special in you. Uh, give us kind of, um, give us a little bit of your wrap up. What would you say? We only have about two minutes left. What would you say to the average parent out there uh-huh. that is trying to maybe connect more to their kids, use all forms of info doodling? What would right. you teach us? Where do we begin? I guess I would say, and you know, and I'm not a parent, so yeah. I'm not making any assumptions. But I would say that just to be open to the way that your kid learns. So, you know, kids do instinctively want to explore and discover and play and learn. I mean, it's kind of part of the human right. wiring, you know. Uh, discovery and surprise and uh, the joy of learning is part of who we are as a species. And so I would say that, you know, when you are watching your child, just see where they shine, you know, like maybe they really do respond to information when they get to draw it, or maybe they respond when they get to skip around. Like there's a lot of kinesthetic learners, you know, and so it's kind of like there's, there are, the experts will tell you that there's like an intelligent child and then a, a child who's not really suitable for the classroom, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that is, I mean, I'm not going to go all crazy, but that's like totally inappropriate. Right. Totally. Know? I know. I totally feel the same it way. It really is. And so I would just say, be open, be open to what they are, where they shine and where they're good, you know? Mm-hmm. And let them let them show you how they learn best. Yeah, you know. Well, and they're going to just if you just watch them, they're mm-hmm. going to show you that it will. You wanted to paint your walls. You wanted right. to start writing on your walls. 
your mom probably thought, you know, it's probably easy to just go, easier to just go with this. Yeah, and she wasn't a real big disciplinarian. <laughs> there you go. There's the other problem right there. Yeah, and I, I would also it. say if, if you're an adult and you're wanting to learn that, you know, to try again to be open-minded to what's possible because I think there's we all have um, sort of. Uh, ideas about visual thinking that are holdovers from a past that's not really appropriate anymore. Right. So I would just say, like, you know, let it see, let it see what... Open your mind, yeah. Yeah, open your mind and see what it can show you, because you don't have anything to lose. Powerful. Sunny Brown, uh, Info Doodler-in-Chief, author of the book, The Doodle Revolution. Go check out her website, sunny, S-U-N-N-I, brown.com, sunnybrown.com. Dot com. Sonny, thanks so much. Matt, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure as well. And uh, I'm going to start doodling a lot more. That's yeah, well, sure. I'm going to send you a book. So Do. Help. Hang on the line. <laughs> Hang on the line, and they'll, they'll uh, get you an address so we can start doodling as a team here. Good work. We're taking a break, folks. Uh, when we come back, our own Maddie Richards is going to take a look at how to do things more creatively. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Today, I will be your creativity coach. I'm bringing on uh, more creative thinking. That is the goal of the show today. And I'm who, who better to help us be creative than Maddie Richards? Hello. Hello, Maddie. That was a creative voice you had That's, there. That's uh, New Jersey. I don't think that they were doing accents outside in the in the offices. They were. I was here in Buffalo and yeah. Brooklyn, and I was like, "Is this like international?" Well, you know what? Uh, Jess thing? isn't listening, is she? Because um, I don't think so. When whenever I say "Good day, Maddie" or something, whatever, hello, Govna, hello, Govna, she's like, "What accent is that?" And we always say New Jersey, <laughs> yeah, Jersey accent. <laughs> and so that's we threw her because forever no, she was no. trying to find. You're- so funny. No, creative. creative. I'm creative. creative. That's the word. Now, right. you. here's the deal. Some people don't see themselves as creative at all. Yeah. Some people, I feel like a lot of people, when you say, are you a creative person? They would say, not really. They would say, I don't have a creative bone in my body. Exactly. I don't think creativity is a bone. No. Creativity is a quality. Wow. That's the takeaway from this segment. Creativity is a quality. Not a bone. So don't be looking for a creative bone in your body. No. It's a quality. It's a trait. Is it a trait? It's a Yeah, t- I would say that. It's, it's like a personality a, it, trait, characteristic. Now, but can you are you born with this thing? Like are you is it like, you know, how James was born with this inherent gift of passion and understanding love and passion? Everybody or, is born creative. But we destroy that. Think about that. Every little kid oh, they'll find thinks a way. they're the best artist. Oh, yeah. Thinks that they, they want to color. They want to paint. They want to yeah. play. They want to cut with the scissors. But until they hear, you're not supposed to color outside yeah. the lines. And don't run with scissors. It's interesting. Almost everybody can pinpoint a moment. Maybe you can do this, Matt. In oh, yeah. their life, I can. When um, someone told them they weren't creative or someone made them feel like oh maybe i'm not the most creative and now yeah. they say I'm not well i'm not very good at this because that one moment when i was five years old and my friend yeah. jennifer told me you're supposed to color inside the lines oh yeah ruined coloring for me 
Yeah, I, mine was dancing. Oh, really? You used to dance with scissors? <laughs> I used to dance with scissors in a line, and I could never do it in the line. And I used to watch a show called Solid Gold, mm-hmm. which you, you don't remember because, no, no. you, yeah, you're so young. I'm so little. But, um, and, you know, they would have dancers and singers and stuff. And I was pretty much told by my sisters that I, I don't have that. Exactly. And that's the thing is we destroy creativity. We, we're, we crush yeah. the creative light of other people. Exactly. Stop and that's it. something yeah. that we need to stop doing because everyone is born very creative. Mm-hmm. That's part of who we are, but also a part of who we are is tearing other people down, That's it. telling them they're not as creative as because it doesn't fit the mold. So, so how for those people that don't that have been squashed or quashed, it's probably mm-hmm. a better word. <laughs> those that have been beat down emotionally that feel like they are creatively, uh, they're they they've been rejected from the creative world. Mm-hmm. What do they do to you know to reignite? their creativity it's important to remember that anything and everything is creative Hmm. if we had everybody as a good painter you know then nobody would be a good painter right we don't need everybody to be good at the same things but we need to stop limiting painting poetry dancing is what's creative everything is creative everything can be creative even how you do your hair yes yes it can you you can cook in a creative way you can speak in a creative way you can dress in a creative way and it's important to remember it's the quality that you bring to the activity that you're doing your love for it your passion your drive and the way you do it that's maybe a little different than somebody else that's what makes it creative so that's it because you look on television there's chefs Mm-hmm. But not everyone can be a television chef, so we're really appreciating probably someone's creativity yeah. in that field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what the whole point is that you can pick whatever little thing. Maybe you clean your house very creatively because you have it organized in a certain way. You nope. do your cleaning in a certain order. Not even close. <laughs> At my house, you my can mom, do that creatively. No, yeah, you can't. My mom is very creative in... Monday, to, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is laundry day, and this other day was going to be bathroom cleaning. This day was going to be dusting. Oh, and interesting. It was okay. creative in how she organized it in a way that made her comfortable, that made our family comfortable. And that was what was creative well, about that. I like that because then you take any part of your life and you can inject a little bit of you. All creative, I guess, means is injecting a piece of you into that, you know, into whatever you have to do. Exactly. You don't need to win a Nobel Prize. No, in creativity. To be creative, there, you don't. Is there a Nobel Prize in creativity? I don't know, but I think it's there is for Oscar. writing a novel. There you know, is, you can win you Nobel can win, Prizes exactly. for your creative works. You don't have to do that. You are creative with your radio show. Yeah. I think you are. Yeah, can I get an you. amen, Jake? Amen. Yeah, wow. there we go. This is great. So this is a part better. of what I want to read. Um, our whole attitude is money-oriented. So we have decided that things are creative if they earn money. Yes. Then you can go pro. the real thing that's interesting is that most of the more creative artists that we yeah, think about, poor they, they didn't have, yeah, make no. anything. Right. I know. So the, the minute that you stop deciding that, is this going to make me money, that's when it starts to be creative. See, that's the whole that's – the, um, that's the dilemma. There's the artist's dilemma. Do I go for money and sell myself down the river or do I keep my heart and, and creativity alive and say no to the money and yes to the art? Exactly. Mm. And that's – power isn't in the money. 
No. It's in the way you feel about something and the way that you show others how you feel about it. That's cool. So some people love words. They're yeah. not writing poetry to make money. I mean, poets that try to make money are generally writing a lot of rubbish. I think they actually write for Hallmark cards. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, look at look at J.K. Rowling. Yeah. She didn't start out no, trying man. to make a lot of money. She I wrote on she napkins. I think she's a witch. Oh, gosh. <laughs> she, she somehow knew the dark arts. Oh, right. Okay. That is definitely what it is. <laughs> the idea is to bring... An enhancement of beauty to the world. That's what creativity is. And that can be anywhere from your garden to yeah. your kitchen. Yeah. You anywhere. can you can walk creatively. Oh, have you seen James walk? Yeah. That's that what dude, I was thinking about actually. He walks like a train wreck. <laughs> I, mean that, I mean that in the best way possible. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. Train wrecks are generally have good connotation. Super creative walk you've got. Yeah. It's actually a hop and a skip. Well, sometimes it's a moonwalk, too. I have very That's good moonwalk. That's when you're going backwards. Yep. Yeah. But looking like you're going forwards. Exactly. It's incredible. I'm, I'm really lost, but... Were you not listening? No. I, I, I zoned out. See, very, you need to doodle creatively. more. Because if I you do. had doodled during that segment... I would have heard it. You Sorry. could have doodled me moonwalking. What is funny about that one-minute bit right there is that James and I were totally connected. That's good. I'm happy for you guys. Yeah, I, and he's a great walker. Yeah, I do agree with that, though. Okay, keep going. So, let's talk about Jesus real quick. Okay. Jesus was not famous in his day, right? No. He didn't have very many followers. He had some. He had a few. And the Bible was not written by him. He didn't write anything about himself. Right. Can you think of a greater failure, then, than Jesus by the world's standards? He was kind of a failure, because he didn't make money. He didn't make money. He didn't say he didn't produce anything creative. Yeah. Well, uh, he didn't have any followers. Have you ever heard of Lazarus? Okay, but still. <laughs> I mean, that was huge. That was <laughs> no. huge. But the but more and more time went by Water and people recognized him. That's true. See, but the stories got out later. That's yeah, when he they came out. And now after. everyone's making tons of money on him. Yeah, there's like the movie and whatever. No, the whole yeah. the thing is you might sure. think you might you know people might view you as a failure. That doesn't mean that you're an uncreative failure no. at all. You can be one of the most talked about people in the world eventually. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you start. Just that you're doing things in the name of creativity. I love it. And I had a whole. But you class just called Jesus a failure by the world standards. Okay, I'm just going to say failure, right? I wouldn't even that you, you may not be here tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you're walking on thin ice there. And the no. minute she said that, James, I was like The Bible oh, says he was unpopular. Inside. That's true. Well, they killed him. Yeah, exactly. That's how unpopular he was. Yeah. By the world standards. Big success though. Yeah. He is a big success. We know that. He, yeah, I know. We know that yeah. now, but yeah, then now you, no, yeah. he wasn't. Maddie, you can't talk your way out of that now. You already said it. <laughs> We I had a whole class that was called um, visual literacy, and our first assignment was to do something creative. And there were no parameters, and we were all like, "What the?" Oh wow! What did you do? I um so for it, it was over my birthday weekend, so I wrote a number on a rock. Okay. For each year of my life, and a memory, and like wrote a memory associated with it, and that's how I celebrated my birthday. You 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 wrote a number. Wow. And then what did you do with the rock? I threw him off a cliff. 
Goodbye. Goodbye. Childhood. <laughs> Goodbye, 2012. Goodbye, yeah. 2011. Yeah, exactly. That's neat. It was very creative. But there were people that, you know, made chicken parm out of chicken nuggets because they didn't have anything else. Yeah. There were people who were at work trying to think of something creative to do, so they made post-it note art. Oh, really? Yeah. Really creative things, and that was the whole assignment. The whole assignment was just do something creative. And document it. And it helped all of us, I think, realize that you can rearrange your furniture in a creative way. You can do anything that you want in a creative way if you decide, I'm going to do this creatively, differently than anybody else. So, challenge. What's your challenge Challenge to the listeners? To the listeners, go do something creative, document it, and either tweet it to us or post it on Matt's Facebook. There you go. Or or throw, throw a rock at it. Yeah. Or, no, let's not do that. Do something creative. And let us know what you did. And take a picture of it and send it to us. Where? What's the Twitter? What's the Twitter? At BYU Radio. At BYU Radio. Yeah. Tweet us a, a picture of your, a visual image of you being creative. And it might be that you. G-rated. Oh, well, a yeah, G-rated obviously. visual image of you being creative. Yeah. That's powerful. And Matt will remind you again later. That's great. Oh, that's well done. To do. Very thank creative you. segment. I thank you. Thank you for helping us understand creativity. You are so welcome. We're going to take a break, folks. When we come back, our own Brooke Walker, she's going to be joining us. She's our contributor today. She's going to teach us about creativity. Who does it better, especially when you want to create a change in your life? Sometimes finding a creative way to make a change that's difficult is the easiest way to make the change. We're going to take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about creative thinking, and uh, I'm with, uh, I've gathered together with me today the uh, love panel for creative thinkers, our own doctor of passion. Um, hold on, is that really what we're calling it, the doctor of passion or just passion Doc- PhD? Doctor of love, PhD in passion. Well, what am I if he's the doctor of love? You're Mike Pond. You're Mike it. Pond. Okay. The Pondificator. Yep. Now, here's the deal. So when we sit in our relationships, I can't tell you how many times I'll sit down with couples and they'll say something like, oh, you know, it's just getting boring. Our relationship is boring. It's not as exciting as it used to be. It's not as fun. It's not what it used to be. That's a normal thing, right? Very normal. Yeah. Now, you guys, you know, you're so young. I mean, my marriage is older than probably both of you. Hmm. And my yep. marriage feels twice as old as it really is. <laughs> Just kidding. See, that's a marriage <laughs> joke. No, but so, but we, we, we kind of run out of stuff to do, and then it gets routine. Now, interestingly, the research in marriage and family shows that the routine's not bad, right? So people actually like something predictable. But for some of us, it, the routine is boring, and, it, and we lose the creativity. So somehow we've got to figure out how to reignite the spark, Right. Now, I'm coming to you, veterans, with a combined age of my age. You two combined, 
equal my age. Experience of the ages. Right ages. Here. This is the dream team. Okay. How do you create and get a more creative relationship? How do you use your creativity to get the spark flowing again? So I think sometimes it takes uh, s- some kind of break in the routine, maybe going on a holiday or a vacation that could start Many uh, couples a tell me they, do, they, they don't do so well when they're home together, but man, they go on vacation, things change. You know why? Boom, because their brain, they're thinking differently. They're not going to bed in the same bed at the same time. They're not, they're not just putting their kids to bed, having the same arguments, the same issues. Things are different. They actually become different people on vacation. Now, how do you take that and transfer it back home? Is that possible? Can you do that? Uh, no, no, you can't. So it's uh, no, you totally could. But see, you could just um, let me give you an example. Earlier, Sonny Brown from the Doodle Revolution taught us that everyone we already kind of are naturally visual. We're naturally sp- spatial. We have natural auditory learning skills, reading, kinesthetic, and writing. We have all these different ways to kind of gather and gain, gain data. In my work with couples, I teach that there's different ways in which we feel love or we access our love. So some of us are visual. Some of us I call us our auditory. We're hearers. So I say in our marriage, we might be a seer. We might be a hearer. We might be a uh, toucher. And we might be a sensor, a sensor, somebody that just feels they're loved. So if you're getting in a situation with your spouse where they're not feeling loved, you've got to pretty much bank on the fact that you're going to have to find the way that they access a feeling of connection. My wife, for example, is the supreme seer. She feels loved through her eyeballs. I don't. I don't feel loved through my eyes. I would rather hear something positive or I would rather be touched. But my wife would rather send me a text. And it, and it totally makes her day. Or if she sees something funny, uh, that's why she, I think, loves my Facebook page so much and works so hard on my Facebook page because she's a seer. I personally am not a seer. So when I told her I loved her, I told this exactly how it went down. I told my wife, honey, I love you. It's the first time I ever told her this. And these were her words. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Cute. Thanks. Oh, cute. And I'm like, um, well, yeah, that's not what I wanted to hear. I thought I'd hear, <laughs> well, I love you too. But she's not a hearer. So you want to mix it up in, in your marriage and in your relationship. You got to start figuring out how do they want to be received? How do they want to have the love? Are they a seer? So with my wife, if I bring her home a gift and hand her a gift – I, if I, I speak places and they'll give me a gift, if I just bring the gift home and hand it to my wife and don't even open it, happiest woman in the world, right? Yeah, that's the secret. And then, when she, and then when it's like a tie clip, she's ticked. <laughs> but, you know, she's, she's a seer. It's nice because in that case, you actually have somewhere to start, you know, because when, when you kind of need to change the status quo because, you know, it's boring or whatever, you need to spice things up, yeah. you know where you need to to put that extra effort. That's it. You know, if, there's, if they're a seer, if they're visual, it's then easier. identify something visual you can do. And you can tell a seer all day long that you love her. Believe me, I've tested this. You can tell her all day long that you love her and it doesn't quite resonate. But you make a banner and put it over, you know, over our garage. I love I you. I love you so much. Huge. Boom. Huge. So anyway, a little, t- little trick for you guys. I appreciate your, your combined excellence. 
Wisdom of the ages. And they just gave high five. Yeah. Hey, okay. Uh, our guest uh, is now here. Brooklyn Walker, we call her. Brooke Walker is the host of Studio 5 on KSL Television in Salt Lake City. It is, uh, it's, you know, it's my favorite show. I just happen to be on it, uh, not to brag or anything. I'm kind of a big deal. I happen to be on it every Monday. And uh, Brooke is my is the host of the show, Studio 5 with Brooke Walker. But what Brooke does, I think, better than anybody is because she's got to do a show every day. So creativity is Brooke's middle name. And uh, Brooke's got some ideas for us on how to create a change in our lives. Brooke, are you there? I am here. You know what's funny about Studio 5 being your favorite show? What? Just two weeks ago, I was interviewed by a reporter for a newspaper feature article they were writing. And the (laughs) the reporter was doing like a rapid fire. Uh And they full on asked me, what is your favorite show? And I paused and thought, is it bad if I say my own? No, it's not. Is that bad? No. What'd you so say? Anyway, you just say I, Studio I said Five. my own, the show that I'm on. You, di- you didn't say the Matt Townsend show? Oh my gosh, that was second on my list. How did was you it? know? That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. I would have put your show before mine. Oh, you know how that stop. is. Stop some more. I know. Hey, by the way, I we yeah. had a creative thinking moment the other day because I was you had given me a topic to do mm-hmm. on my show, on it your show. Good. Yes. And I was stuck and I could not think of it, of how to handle this topic. I yeah. called you. Yes. I talked to you for what? 5 minutes? Okay, I was cracking up after we hung up and I don't think we laughed about this after the fact. But yeah, you called me and in a matter of I'm going to say 3 and a half minutes. Yeah. We weren't even talking in complete sentences. It no, was like uh-huh, we didn't have to. and that yeah. and yes and grandparents and go and yes. mm-hmm, uh-huh, Boom. Done. Up, done. And then created a great segment. It was really good. You did a great. You hit that one out of the park. Well, I think what it was is because you brought up your grandfather. Well, anytime I talk about my grandpa, I'm just saying. But see, it was powerful. And I guess so our earlier guest was talking about the power of doodling. And I think that would be considered a doodle because we didn't use full sentences. No, we were actually talking in a hyper English language that didn't involve any sort of punctuation. Yes. There you have it. See, that's called connection. Yes. Hey, Brooklyn, we've got like only two minutes before we have to take a break. So get us started on this thing. You, you, you. You gave a challenge to your your viewers a yeah, few, a few months ago. Yeah, this played out. When you're producer throughout creativity, this is what came to my mind. Because obviously, I host a lifestyle show, and yeah. the show is all about creativity. So creativity in parenting, crafting, cooking, fashion, at the top of our mind every day is how can we creatively inspire our viewers. And I think it was about two or three years ago, we launched this creative challenge only it was disguised as something completely different. Hmm. So we, we build it as a challenge to change. Like, hey, we want you guys to change with us. Next week, we're focusing on change. And what we did is we, roll out, we rolled out five small changes, one for each day of the week. It was a week-long challenge. They were little things. So I was hoping when we, came, when we come back, I could tell you what those five challenges were. Yes. And the result of this change challenge, as we called it, was super interesting and actually tied all back into creativity in the end. Oh, okay. So uh, you know what? Perfect. It's almost like you know how to write a tease. <laughs> Is that what I just did? You just, you just totally teased it. Okay. <laughs> we're going to come back. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, Brooklyn Walker from Studio 5 uh, with Brooke Walker. It's her show. She's the queen. She's going to forget that. <laughs> she really is the real deal. We're going to take a break and come back, and she's going to teach us what she learned from the challenge. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
Welcome back, friends. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about creative thinking, and our contributor, Brooke Walker, is joining us uh, from Studio 5 with Brooke Walker. She's the host and executive producer and a member of the award-winning KSL News team here in Salt Lake City. You know, the Inner Mountains, probably really the Inner Mountain West most listened to news, I've got to say. Is that right, Brooke? Yes, that is accurate. See how it is. Also, you work with Operation Smile and Primary Children's Medical Center. You know, helping them raise money is what I know you're good at. I do. I love those kids. You, um, that's why you love me. Because you're a kid at heart. You know what? You just unlocked that secret for me. That is why. Yes. I'm very childish, my wife says. (laughs) Not childlike. Just childish. You're a big kid. It's cute. Hey, Brooke. Okay, fill us in. You gave a challenge. To your, right. to some people, five people. Well, no, actually, you know, like 40,000 people. But Oh, you challenged every, oh, your audience, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the challenge was to all of our viewers, but it was a five-day challenge. Okay, that That's was it. the yep. number five comes in. Okay. And we didn't tell them. We, we kind of thought we knew where this would go, but we, we promoted it as a change challenge. So we didn't really tell people why. We just said, hey, next week we want you to sign on board and every day we're going to give you a little change. And we thought we knew where this experiment would go, but we wanted to really see. So, and I have to give credit to author Amanda Dixon. Yes. Um, she wrote, wrote a book called Wake Up to a Happier Life, and there was a chapter in that book on change, and that's what, what inspired this. So Amanda's point in the book, and it was the same point we tried to make with all of our viewers, was, listen, make little changes every day. It's not about sometimes we focus on, you know, monumental changes, like, oh my gosh, I've got to lose 40 pounds, or oh my gosh, I've got to move or get a new job, or her point was, the benefit isn't in the size of the change, the benefit is just in the change. Yeah, yeah. These were little, so tell me if you think you could do these, okay? yeah. So the first one was just to simply wake up five minutes earlier or five minutes later. It didn't matter. Hmm. You weren't working up earlier for any particular reason. You were just trying to jolt your body and, and switch up your mind and okay. get started in a different way. I could do that. Yeah? Well, nah. You'd probably opt for five minutes later. I, I would go for five minutes. I could easily do five minutes I later. Did. That was my choice. That was completely my choice during the change. I got up today at five o'clock. Actually, 4.40. For what? Well, that's kind of private. Uh, I had to go to the bathroom. No, I had. I was getting up to do a speech this morning, and I never get up that early ever, ever, well, ever. You're not that early of a riser. I'm not are an you? early person. I'm not an early riser at all, mm-hmm. and so I vowed I'd never do that again. Yeah, it's but not I could do friendly. five minutes earlier. I yeah, wake up pretty much early. at the same time every day. That's okay. I could or do that. Five minutes later. The point was just to change. Yeah, right? something changed. Yeah. So that was the the first change in this five-day change challenge. The next day was to take a different route to work. And I'm horrible at this. I go, I, I mean, I know they say if you can't remember the last two blocks of your route, you, yeah. you're not an engaged driver. Yeah. I am completely an unengaged driver because I could go from point A to point B and be like, wait, did that just happen? Did that? Did those miles just fly by? Uh, yeah. I kind of zone out. See, now I actually, this might mean I'm fairly creative because I, I take a different route to work every day. You do every day? Well, and I've only got really two routes to my work. But you mix it up. I do. And I, sometimes I don't have to, but it's just, it bores me. Well, see, there you go. And so if I'm in a certain mood, I'll go one way. And if I'm in another mood, I go another way. And I just mix it up. And interestingly, it changes my mood. Like what mood do you have to be in to go? Well, because one? one might take four minutes and the other takes three minutes to get to my office. Oh, gotcha. So depending on yeah. how late you slept in. Right. Yeah, Part of that. And sense. some of it's that and some of it's just like... I really don't want to see these first clients. So, so I need away. one. I just need I need a longer song. And then I put on a really good song and it pumps me up. 
Oh no! What, like we are the champion. Song? We are the I champion. Have the tiger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eye of the tiger. That's, that's exactly what you want your marriage counselor to be playing. <laughs> the eye of the tiger. Here we go, turn guys. On, turn on eternal flame. Turn on eternal flame. Oh, I should flame. see that would be great. Or what's the um, who's the grease singer? Oh my gosh! Um, um, hopelessly devoted to you. Mm, that's the song you need to be playing. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Yes, keep going. Okay, day three of the change challenge was to take the waiter's recommendations. My husband does this all the time. I do, too. I love that. Well, no. My husband asks for it. But I he's do, like, too. But he'll look at a menu, and he'll, I, know, I know that he wants to order the burrito. Oh. But yet the waiter comes up. He'll still he'll ask. Like, yeah. What do you recommend? <laughs> and she'll recommend the salmon, and he'll be like, I'll have the burrito. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> this change challenge was to take the waiter's recommendations. So kind of let them know if you're allergic to anything. But that's other cool. than that, you got to eat what they put in front of you. No, but think of that. There's some people that that's, yeah, no, that's too risky. I know. D- did your did your viewers uh, handle that? Could they handle uh, that? For the most part, there were a few picky eaters like me out there that just wanted to stick to the plain cheeseburger. Yeah, that actually food. I think would be the hardest one because now you're throwing money on it. Right. Right. Because now right. I'm going to have a meal, and what if this person's, you know, what if this person's a vegan and I don't do vegan? See. What if it doesn't? What if there's no protein? Challenge. Change challenge. Yeah, interesting. That was day three. Day four was to, and and I know this would be really hard for you, Matt, but day four was to exercise at an opposite time of day. So (sighs) most people are either morning exercisers or evening exercisers. You just had to flip-flop that. Okay, that I couldn't, I could do it, but I would hate, I'd hate that. So you would have to wake up at 5 a.m. Yeah, I would. I would. And it's hard to, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, because I watch Netflix when I exercise and that I feel like I'm really wasting time if I'm watching Netflix in the morning. So I can only watch Netflix at night when I'm running and sweating. Gotcha. With me? That's cool. Exercise at opposite time. These are fun. Give me me the last one. The purpose is just to change. The purpose is just to change. Just something different. The the fifth one is to make your check-in phone call at a different time of day. So whether you're checking in with a spouse or with your mom or with a girlfriend. Parole officer. Yeah. I mean, we don't judge. Judge judge judge-free zone here. Check in at a different time. Yeah, just randomly, like send a text at a different time or pick up the phone at a different time. So that was a change challenge. It took place over five days. And again, we didn't tell viewers why we were doing this, but what was so interesting, do you want to hear the yeah. results? What are the results? Well, at the end of this week, again, this was a couple years ago, but at the end of this week, so we called for feedback. We invited viewers, hey, if you have taken this change challenge, made these small, small, minimal changes in your life, send us an email, jot us a line, let us know how it went. This was even pre-Facebook, I think. So, wow. you know, email this is was a long time ago. Yeah, I know. Anyway, the majority of people who participated in the challenge told us that they had experienced, they had felt more creative during the week. Really? And we hadn't told them that was the goal, even though it kind of was. You was, knew what you were doing. Right. So the point was, they said, when I opened up my mind and my routines and I subjected my day in a different way, my brain was then free to kind of explore the creativity that I had previously That's that, cool. that tapped before. It was really cool. And it was cool to see so many people because I, I don't, we didn't have a, we didn't, you know, clock a final tally, but right. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people did this. And most of them reported back saying, I felt way more creative. I I told I think that's what keeps my sanity. I go crazy if I don't do something different, and maybe that's what's going on here. Is we it allows our minds to to go explore to go. I mean, when I first got my license, did you do this? I used to drive everywhere. Oh yeah, and explore you everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you were in a small town, so that was dangerous. I mean, because <laughs> well. you, you saw your town in like a day. 
once you get past a certain number of pastors, it all starts to look different. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, so I guess, are you going to challenge us to do this challenge? I'm going to challenge you to take the change challenge. So just to review, you're going to wake up earlier or later, just by five minutes. Okay. You're going to take a different route to work or to school or wherever you're driving. You're going to, next time you go out to eat, take the waiter's recommendation. Yeah. Let them know you're allergic to shellfish, so that's not what you're doing. Yeah, that won't work. I'll get swollen up. Yeah. Exercise at an opposite time of the day and then make your check in phone call to your spouse or your friend or your significant other. Make that at a different point in your day. Do those five small things. And according to those who took this challenge, it's going to free up your mind for some more creative space. I think I'm going to take the challenge. Are you going to do it? I'm going to drive home in a a different route today. I commend you for that. Yeah, I might even take a different car. You might even just borrow your producer's yeah, car and I will. get out the door. Sean, can I borrow your car? <laughs> I need a different route. Oh, sure. Yeah, he can borrow my car, yeah. And the sad thing, there's not a lot of routes. As long as you drive it to my house. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm questioning Sean's trust level right now. I know. Something's weird. He wants to switch cars for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> something's not right with that. Hey, Brooke, because talk about this one thing for me. Every day of your life, uh, Monday through Friday... Yes. Brooke Walker has to get up and chase the creative giant and put a show on where every day has got to be different. It can't be like yesterday or your ratings are going to drop. Right. How do you do you are you naturally creative? Do you think? Um, how did you how did no you one's ever ask me that? Question I know, before. but you're you're not even just the you're not just like the talent, as they say in the business. You're actually the executive producer. So if right. your show doesn't work, you're the fault. You are you know the what? cause. I, I hate to say this out loud. I'm really not all that creative, but I do appreciate creati- creativity, yeah. and so I surround myself with creative people. And, and everybody on your show, what I like about how you handle it is they, they're all bringing their – I mean, they can be super creative, but yeah. they've only got to hit one mark one day once a month or whatever. You've got right. to hit every mark during the show – how do you not get worn out by that? How do you not get broken down by your constant need to be dancing? Well, the thing is, creativity breeds creativity, right? It's yeah, not totally. Fact. So no, the yeah. more you're around creativity, and I think the more you're cultivating it in your life, it starts to come a little more naturally. A lot of artists will talk about this um, creative wind-up they have to do. We have a producer here on the show, and I think I've shared this before, but before she sits down to write a show, she'll actually take a walk around the block and stop at Maverick just Oh, that's right. Yeah. And get a soda. I mean, that's her creative warm up. And so I think learning your own style and learning, you know, what gets you going, so to speak. And that means something different than it would. What's what's your creative wind up? You know what? I what is my creative wind up? You are asking all sorts of great questions. We're diving deep today. I know. I know. I have to have a structured, organized atmosphere. So if I'm going to sit down to do something creative, I need to have an aesthetically pleasing space, meaning my desk isn't yeah. cluttered, my, you know, my clothes are picked up off, off my floor. Uh-huh. I mean, I just need to, I need that in order to stimulate, you know, any sort of creative energy. So I guess before I do that, I'll kind of prepare the space. See, so I, sure. that's fascinating. I delayed um, writing my dissertation for six months while I was cleaning my desk. You did? Yeah. That was the problem. I know. Took forever. And then I finally got it cleaned. Um, but then I just started finding that there's really cool apps online that help you waste the time uh-huh. yeah if you ever see if i ever send you an email and my signatures change that's how you know i'm creatively stalling no I by the way yours changes a lot i know i just sit there and stall i just <laughs> stall away my creative willpower oh, brooklyn that's a great wind up 
Is my wind-up is a Snickers bar and a diet beverage. In that order? Yes. Okay. I support that. Um, so, you know, just just so you know, when I come into the show. <laughs> we will stock up the Snickers bar. That'd be great. Townsend, so you that'd can dish out the creativity. Brooklyn Walker, you're the best. Hey, Everyone thinks you're Brooklyn. You. Your real name is Brooke. Yes, you and our political reporter are the only two people that get away with calling me that, but I rather like it. So yeah, there you go. I think it's so, t- and it's so you. Brooke, you're the best. Again, they can find you just by going to ksl.com. Yes, sir. And But look for Studio 5 with Brooke Walker. She's And you'll see bomb. plenty of Matt Townsend on there. That's right, every Monday. Love hey, it. I'll, uh, I'll uh, be expecting a Snickers bar. I will have that ready and waiting. Thanks, Brooke. Hey, thanks for the chat. Take care, my friend. Bye-bye. We're going to take a break. Uh, creative thinking, that's the topic today. We just uh, went through the, you know, the master of creativity. Some, anybody that could be creative every day, that's a big deal. When we take a break, uh, actually, we're going to take a break. We're coming back. Our own executive producer, Sean O'Neill, is going to be joining us, and he's going to help us uh, figure out how creative are you? Is that a question, Sean? That's a question. How creative are you? I'm going to say I'm a seven on the creative scale. I'm going to think James is about a 7.9. He even makes up that he's a love doctor. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. That is the hoedown music, which means it's time for the hoedown. And uh, who better to lead the hoedown than Sean O'Neill? Oh, yeah, that's me. Tapping his sure. toe. He's got his straw hat on. Yeah. <laughs> his his uh, overalls. Yeehaw. So, My Sean, tractor's out back. Your tractor is. <laughs> is that what you were going to let me drive home, is your tractor? Exactly. No, thanks. I decided I'm not going to. I'm going to take the same car. 10 miles an hour. <laughs> Yeehaw. So, Shawnee, uh, as we wrap up the show, you're asking the question, how creative are you? Yeah. Is uh, this a test? It kind of is. Okay, this is great. We've Actually, got a whole gang in here. I, I found this uh, on the internet, 99u.com. Okay. Uh, they, have the five, uh, they have five classic creative challenges. Okay. So you can figure out whether or not you are creative. So these you're going to challenge us a little bit. Okay. Um, everybody in the room here can yell out answers if you want. Try okay. to use one of those things that yeah, they're called, called a microphone. Seven point nine. There you go. Not even right. close. So uh, the first one of these challenges is called alternative uses. This was developed in 1967. Okay. So um, it was by J.P. Guilford. It's an alternative use test which stretches your creativity by giving you two minutes. To think of as many uses as possible for an everyday object. Oh, perfect. Ooh. So, how do you want us to go about For an about example, this? Um, how do you use a paperclip? I just you use it together. as a toy. I use it as a toy and I clean my teeth. Hunting. But you can use it for like cufflinks, earrings, imitation mini trombone. Hunt, necklace, hunting is great. Bookmark. Gutting a deer. Okay. This test is going to measure fluency. How many uses can you come up with? Originality. How uncommon are those uses? Mm-hmm. Uh, flexibility. How many areas your answer covers? And That's... elaboration, the level of detail in your response. Oh, this is fun. So, okay, let's do this. How many uses can you think of for a spoon? Spooning. Digging a hole. Cleaning mud off your boot. Hanging it from your nose. Instrument. Instrument? Eating cereal. Ah. Eating, That's not original. <laughs> eating oatmeal. Okay. A mirror. 
A catapult. <laughs> How about a card game? Yeah. Uh, yep. Oh, is is that a new topic? No. Oh. There's a game called Spoons. Spoons. Yeah, it's a card game. You can hit somebody with it. We're going to have to learn how to teach. Yeah, a weapon. Uh, Oh, an eye patch. Ah, that's creative. creative. Very good. Very good. See, that was easy. I like those. Are we done? Well, no, there's five. (laughs) Okay. Now, this one's a little visual, so we're going to have to, you know. Maybe visualize. Go over this one, yeah. But think about it in Somebody your head. Somebody doodle it. Doodle it. Yeah. This. Well, that's actually what this is. Okay. It's developed in the '60s by psychologist Ellis Paul Torrance, the Torrance Test of Creative Thinking. Hmm. TTCT. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think oh, you, I you may have heard test. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is called incomplete figure. What you do is you're given a shape on a piece of paper. Yeah. It's like the Rorschach test. Uh, no, but this one asks you to complete the image. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So I'm good at that. You're given images like this, like a like the yeah. end of an arrow. You just have like a point going. Yeah. So okay? I'm supposed to finish it? Yeah, you can finish it. Is this, uh, draw is this the arrow right here? Yeah, well, it's an. I don't know if it's an arrow or not. It's whatever you think it's it should whatever. be. No, it's a star, duh. Okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. See, Very good. Look at that. These are easy. And the bottom one? And the bottom one. Yeah, there's is, two of them there. The bottom one looks like a bent up coat hanger almost. A actually, looks like a you W. Just go like that and you write my name. <laughs> ah. Hey, I thought it was an M2. See? Well, Maddie and Matt. Yeah. Ding. You got it right. <laughs> so, match. here's what other people did, though. Oh, yeah. See, they're wrong. Wow. <laughs> they weren't even close. <laughs> but one person. Interesting. One did with a, that, a with guy that little a... arrow, they made legs out of it they and a guy humans. balancing on a, on a thing. I would have made an ice cream cone yeah. out of an arrow. You oh, probably okay. would have thought okay. they were fat. <laughs> <laughs> I exactly. I wanted to make a house out of it. Okay. That works. Did you? Out of the M? No. Out of the other. See, okay. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess we're fairly creative. I mean, this mm-hmm. this is a team of fairly creative people. Yes, I would agree. Even Mike's creative. I know. Go figure. Even though he stands behind you all the time. Is he here? Yeah. It's kind of creepy, actually. <laughs> Is he hey creeping guys. on us? <laughs> so our Can third... I play? <laughs> <laughs> Come Let on me in, in guys. <laughs> Why do our... we keep him in another room, by the way? I don't know. <laughs> There's so a very sad. good reason for it. There's a reason he has glass between you and him. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> it's a... There's, a... There's a subpoena yeah. involved. Yeah. In... It's court-ordered. St- yeah. Sure. <laughs> Ever since the javelin, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> So true. So the third challenge is called riddles. Ooh. So yes. riddle let's, me let's this. See if you, let's see if you can uh, see if you can solve this one. Okay. A box without hinges, key or lid, yet golden treasure inside is hid. What is it? It's I know. A very it. oh, famous, yeah. famous uh, riddle. A coffin. A no. Coffin. It's not a book. No. A casket. No. Gold treasure inside. Come on. Uh, a a box without it, hinge. Yeah, what were the No lid, no hinges. A box without hinges, key or lid, yet golden treasure inside is hid. A wallet? Oh, it's not really. Macaroni and cheese. Pick me, Matt. I know it. <laughs> uh, Michael. Mike. An egg. Very good. Wait, what was it? It's wow. an egg. Egg. Oh. It's actually from The Hobbit. Well, yep. that's why he knew that. Bilbo Baggins. I don't read The Hobbit. I never. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh, come on. You're yes, a you troll. Have. Aren't you a troll? <laughs> I read, you but know, history books. Psychologists use riddles like that to measure creative problem-solving potential yeah. or convergent thinking. My brain doesn't work that way. Okay. So. Does your brain work here's, that way? Here's one that was used in a recent study. This riddle. A man has married 20 women in a small town. All of the women are still alive and none of them are divorced. A man has broken no laws. Yes, I know. Who is one. the man? He's a pastor. That's correct. That was pretty good. Hey, oh. yeah, that was really quick. Can I get a ding? 
Thank you. Ding that dong. was good. I, th- I thought it was going to be my great great grandpa black <laughs> in blending. No, we're not talking about that. No, that's different. a true no, story. That's, different. that's a lot different. Yes. He that's hasn't divorced any the, of them, but none of them are dead yet. The answer to the riddle was old grandpa black. <laughs> <laughs> an egg. It's sad. With an egg. All right. So our fourth challenge is yeah. called remote associates. Oh. This, is, this doesn't have to do with the remote on your couch and your okay. TV, okay? Okay. What you do is you take three unrelated words such oh, as falling, actor, and dust, and they want you to come up with a fourth word that connects all three of those words. Okay. Fine. So if you have falling, actor, and dust, what word would connect those? Just one word? Just one word. Uh, oh. Prince. Car accident. <laughs> uh, that's one word, yeah. How about star? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Falling star. Oh. Movie star, stardust. Actor. Oh. Mm-hmm. Give yeah. me another one. That was hard. Okay. I've got a couple more. <laughs> Car accidents seem better. How about, um, let's see, time, hair, and stretch. Oh, golf. <laughs> Sean O'Neill. I was thinking Mark. Nope. Stretch Mark. Sean O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not stretch, believe me. Not yet. Time. No. Wait, what was it again? Time, time hair, hair. And stretch. Time. I, I wanted to say hairpin, time pin. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> stretch pin. Okay. I just think of one and does then it, it have doesn't to be okay. connected linguistically? Like, does it have to make sense when you use the word with the other words? Or does kind it... of, yeah. Okay. Just if you want to follow the How about rules. The word long. Long time, long hair, long stretch. That doesn't make any sense. I, I, don't, I don't think that works. Correct. Okay, we've got another one <laughs> manners, round, and tennis. Table. Very good. That was pretty good. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Mm -hmm. That was good. You're the only one that got any. There's one more. But just just for those that were listening, not watching, uh, Maddie also gave us a cheerleader um, (laughs) arm thrust up in the air and a hip curl, whatever they call those. I can't remember. Okay. One last one. These three three words, what word ties them all together? Ache, hunter, cabbage. The cab- head. head, head, head. Very good. Right. That is great. <laughs> head, we thought it at the cabbage. same time, but I just was mm-hmm. long because I was like, head. head of cabbage. I just yeah. need one and then it yeah. doesn't work with all of them. So that's so creative. That's that, that, okay, that's okay. I can see how that All goes. right. So our last one is called mm-hmm. the candle problem. The candle problem is a classic test of creative problem solving developed by psychologist Carl Dunker in 1945. Okay. So you're given a candle and a box of thumbtacks. And a book of matches. And you're asked to affix the lit candle to the wall so that it will not drip wax onto the table below. Can you, and you, oh, what do you have again? I got it. Do you, you have I don't there's no you answer a, for you this candle. One, so. Can you take the, the matchbox and thumbtack it to the wall and put the candle inside? No, you're given a candle, a box of thumbtacks, and a book of matches, and you're supposed to put the candle on the wall. The lit candle on the wall so that it will not drip wax sure. onto the table below. This challenges your functional fixedness, a cognitive bias that makes it difficult to use familiar objects in abnormal ways. Yeah. Yeah, I would empty the box of thumbtacks and use it and tack it to the wall, That's put the candle in it. Yep. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Not That's even what I close. Too. You, <laughs> would, you would drip the wax on the tacks, stick or, the tacks on the candle, stick the candle with tacks in the wall. Or sit underneath the candle and let the wax fall on you so it doesn't hit the f- table? Or Yeah. Or or stick 
your friend. There's a solution on with the website, the pack, but I don't have and it he'll here, hold so. it so it never drops. And if he doesn't, if he tries to drop it, then you stick him with the tack. Yeah. Okay. Seems Works for me. Clear to me. Those are good. So there That's you go. That's a great test. Take them home. Test your kids. Those are fun. My children would actually, that could be a family activity tonight. My kids would love that game. They, yeah, would they would love the word game. As Someone long as I get hurt. them off, of the, off of the Wii hurt. U, I guess. Be. Hey, um, well done, everybody. So we learned how to be more creative. I hope. We did the show for this team. <laughs> oh, was this a was yeah. this a team building yeah. exercise the people today? Upstairs, they want us to be more creative. <laughs> okay, and they also said a few things. Don't disrespect deity, and um, <laughs> as I point to Maddie, and also everything's not fat, Jess. That's really good, and you are the love doctor, James. Even Important though you lessons. walk funny backwards. Yeah. Anyway, folks, there there you have it. Uh, a little quote on the way out by Danny Kay: Life is a great big canvas. And you should throw all the paint on it that you can, right? Life is a great big canvas. Canvas, throw all the paint on that you can. We'll be back tomorrow. Throwing more paint right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for listening right here on BYU Radio. BYU Radio.